Jada as these characters I always I still basically still call her peaches and I sometimes I'll say I say I want peaches back when she's acting all phony and stuff on red table talk (laughs) peaches is amazing she's an amazing (laughs) character I mean I just I'm just this is gonna be the peaches show Yeah, I guess she has that kind of um, sidekick. She's she's probably one of the best or one of the more underrated sidekicks um, in cinema, perhaps. I don't know. That might be too much of a stretch of a statement. But I think it kind of, I think what Keenan was doing with uh, our film, A Little Down Dirty Shame, which was my choice, is he was kind of, it, this is definitely like a black exploitation film for the 90s, I think. Yeah, definitely had that feel, that pulling from those references, absolutely. Um, and it's weird, but I even got like um, almost like a diehard feel to it too. I know, I don't mm-hmm. know why, but it just kind of reminded me of Die Hard, even though it didn't really have, I mean, there's similar elements, but they're completely different films. But I don't know why I thought Die Hard. But yeah, absolutely black exploitation for the 90s. Is it because of the mall sequence? I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, of course this is more comedy because it's it's so it's done by a Wayne's. And probably like the Wayne's like secondary patriarch, I guess you could say. Not necessarily a patriarch, because they're all siblings as we know them. And of course, like some of them now, there's the second generation. There's Damon Wayne's son who's in, who's acting and also uh, Shantae Wayans, who is a stand-up comedian. She is one of the like not known Wayans's daughter, but oh. she's still but she's still a Wayans. She's like the she's like the niece of like Keenan, Marlon, Sean, and Kim, and you know what I mean, and Damon. Okay. So yeah, I mean, so there's a second generation kind of getting into the business too. But like Keenan seems has always seemed to me like the head of like kind of putting this conglomerate together of what they've done in the entertainment business. They're like a dynasty. It's like the Wayans dynasty. I, I'm just looking, I, I, when I was just, you know, making notes, there's so many Wayans <laughs> because there's so many siblings and a lot of children and they all like, you can tell they all come from the same family. It's, it's a very, it's interesting. They all have that Wayans face Yes, and that, that gene is so strong. I mean, they're all really attractive people too. So it's, I mean, they lucked out, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I remember watching, there was some B movie about uh, typical five friends go on a trip and one of the the boys in the, in the group, I'm like, that is a weigh There's no way that that child is not a weigh you know, child. And I looked it up and of course, I don't know whose son he was. He's one of their sons, but that gene pool is strong. 
So oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I recently um, heard Marlon Wayans, he was promoting his, I think, a comedy special or stand-up special that he had. He was doing a circuit, The Breakfast Club, things like that. But I think it was on Mark Maron's podcast where he was talking about um, just the just him growing up in his household, um, not having a lot of money. But also, he mostly, in this one, in this, um, I heard that not a lot of money and growing up poor uh narrative um years ago when the Waynes were like really big and first came out um but I loved hearing Marlon Waynes kind of talk about his parents and their interactions with each other his relationship with his mom and stuff like that so yeah I mean the family seems really of course we don't know everything obviously because we're not a Waynes but we you the public image of them you get the idea that they're you know whether you like their work or not very hardworking folks who have made some real groundbreaking stuff as far as comedy and so even even in any variation of any kind of comedic narrative or performance every all wayans are kind of bringing something really kind of cool and unique and but but, but very much a trademark of who they are as an, as a as a dynasty like you said oh yeah and it's crazy how they've cornered that comedy market like you know they've produced or directed or written so many films and shows that I I actually wasn't aware of I'm like oh they did that oh they did that (laughs) you know you know that they've done like the whole scary movie thing but Mm then um actually I was um I had to do a little bit of research for something else another podcast and I watched Hollywood Shuffle and, you know, just seeing how far back um, Keenan has gone, you know, with Robert Townsend and, and even Robert Townsend's uh, daughter, who's on a Black Lady sketch show, like that's another kind of comedy family, too. So it's just really interesting how they've they've really branched out and kind of created this umbrella of comedy and directing and producing. So I have to hats off to them for that you know creating like work and and a sphere for black comics yeah it's like they all like you know when one person got a big break especially within living color that they brought the whole they brought a good portion of the family of the siblings into the fold and I don't know I don't hear a lot about a low down dirty shame in the general kind of like film echo chamber that you and me are kind of a part of and the stuff that kind of overlaps Mm -hmm. um a low down dirty shame kind of is one of those that kind of flies under the radar a little bit even i wouldn't say even with like black audiences i don't know necessarily i really don't have a good pulse of a low down dirty shame but again but i but me even questioning that means i don't hear a whole lot um discussed about it but i grew i grew up with this movie i love this movie so much um i don't remember when and where i first saw it but yeah, it was constantly on cable or whatever, and I was constantly watching it. But this was this wasn't your first time seeing it, was it? No, I had seen it ages ago. I can't remember. Um, I think it was probably the first time was on TV as well. Like I can't even remember. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, Jada Pinkett was the basically the person I remembered from it. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I have a theory that. Um, it's not maybe widely talked about because first of all, it got panned by the critics. I don't think a lot of people liked it. And secondly, I just, I think, and, and while it's a fun movie, I really think that 
Wayans should have gotten somebody else to play Shame. That's just my opinion. <laughs> because I feel like the energy, like everybody else in that film, the energy is like they're going for it. They're the bad guy. There's Peaches. There's, you know, um, Roth Miller, um, Charles uh, S. Dutton, who's, you know, really great. He's such a great actor. And then I feel, I don't know if maybe he was just overwhelmed at being mm -hmm. the director and being the lead, but I just felt like his energy wasn't up there. So maybe that's why, I don't know. But I think Peaches really saved it. That's just mm -hmm. my personal opinion, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, you know, I've watched it with like people who've never seen it before. And yeah, like it's always Jada Pinkett's role that definitely stands out for a lot of people. I never had a problem with um, Keenan, uh, do, doing a double bill of being a director writer well triple director writer probably producer too and a star i never had a problem with his performance it seemed that he, i think he was playing the character that he had written it seemed mm -hmm. like um i'm pretty sure that a lot of stuff was scripted and not improv improvised because he he's clearly a comedy writer yeah like he always has those quick um quips yeah. and i'm such a goofball that i laugh at all of them still to this day it's all, I think it's all pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I so I, I guess a little bit of background um, for you guys. Um, I'm just going to say it. Of course, this should go. This probably goes without saying just from this, um, just from these few couple of minutes. Um, I love this movie. So it's definitely like if you. I guess if you're trying to fill your like 90s film quota, definitely put this on your list. Um, it's it's unfortunate unfortunate that was panned by critics. Like again, I don't know. That's just I can't even I can't measure taste for anyone if that makes any sense. But A Little Done Dirty Shame was like it came out in 1994 um, around Thanksgiving um, around the Thanksgiving holiday during that year. This is a fun Thanksgiving movie to go see with your family, <laughs> like during that time. I guess you know. Like Black Friday, you go, you you go see this movie in '94. Yeah, and yeah, so it's it's Keenan Ivory Wayans. He plays what I learned. Um, his character's name is Shame. That's just his last name, but his first the first name of his character is Andre. So Andre Shame is this um, is this former cop who now is a, more of a private investigator who takes on these kind of extreme. Um, extreme jobs like life-threatening basically you know to, to barely pay his bills and to pay his uh sidekick or really his uh sidekick what would you call her sidekick like or secretary sidekick Pe assistant peaches jordan yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know of course the inciting incident is um sunny rothmiller comes in and says i have a job for you that involves getting back in entangled into a former case that pretty much um, I think was the catalyst of him quitting the force to begin with um, and tank back entangled with a, a drug Lord who has a whole bunch of money, but then there's another woman involved that was involved with the case when he was trying to crack it before. And it kind of like you, so he kind of falls back into that and that's his, um, his new case and peaches is right by his side the whole time and the plot unfolds. So, um, you know, you have your pretty much your run of like folks who were like in the who were like in the business during that time, right? So Sally Richardson played Angela. She plays the alluring woman. What what, what is her what what is 
what is her archetype? I don't know that I can't think of kind of like the femme fatale kind Thank of you. thing. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and this is before she became Sally Richardson Whitfield. She um I think her husband is I want to say Dondre. I don't know if it's DeAndre or Dondre Whitfield, but he's been at like a he's been an actor since he was like a young a young person. Like I think he was on the Cosby show. He he's he's been recently been on Queen Sugar. Um he's he seems like a really cool guy, but like a like a like a real like I can't describe it without I don't want people to seem offended by his affect, but like a man's man kind of a guy, but not in a obnoxious way, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I digress. Um we talked about Charles S. Dutton, Keenan Ivory Wayne, Jada Pinkett, Smith. Um now she's now she's a Smith before she before she was of course Pinkett. Um they're also in it too. Andrew Divoff plays Mendoza. Um, for a few heart, the horror people who are listening, Andrew Divoff played the Wishmaster. Yes, <laughs> I have three wishes. I love that guy. I love the Wishmaster. Okay, sorry. It's fun. No, no, no. It's all good. And he, his cousin um, Louise, was played by Gary Carlos Cervantes. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. The guy who kept getting jacked up in the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you had uh, Captain Nunez who I thought was funny in the movie too played by Gregory Sierra I think um, again a, a character actor whose face you might know who's been in a gazillion things probably since the 60s definitely the 1970s yeah. Sanford and um, Son and Barney Miller I love that guy yeah I love him he's like I love when he's like hey the fuck are you doing here yeah. got myself a missing case in person Get missing um, person's case no shit no shit. <laughs> I, I just love him. He's like, and Keenan Ivory Wayne's. I, I see it. I see it. I think I see a cable, you man. Da, 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 da. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a 50 year old Puerto Rican. I don't know why. I love those kind of lines. But I just, I just love how he's so like matter of fact with them. But still, yeah. he respects shame so much that he just like when he's giving, he's like, I can't believe this guy's giving me orders now. Like, he, and he just listens to him because he knows he's right. It's really funny. Um, so I don't know why I just, I, oh, the other thing that some people may know, and most of you may not, is that I know almost every line to this movie, especially Peaches. Like, I just love, I just, when I need energy, when I need to get myself going, I like reciting <laughs> lines to this movie. But also, um, here's something, I don't know if I, I don't know if we can, so Corwin Hawkins, he plays Wayman. Yes. Um, Corbin Hawkins did pass away in 1994 of um, an AIDS-related illness. So basically, I think the story about Corwin is uh, he was a stand-up comic, and Keenan had seen him do stand-up and really liked him, and I think offered him this role because of, like, you know, just appreciating his work on stage. Uh, so the Wayman character, I don't know how to... Uh, in 2021 context, I don't know how his interactions on screen would be taken. And I don't know if you think thought about this either. I did actually. Yeah. And it was like, you know, back then, sure. I'm, it would totally, but also I think he's one of the characters that people often go back to as well, because he's unapologetically gay, you mm -hmm. know, and it's not his problem. It's shame's problem where he's, you know, his fragile masculinity is threatened by this gay gay man who is like, what's your problem? I think you're hot, you know? Um, and I think Ky Wayman kind of, you know, takes him to task as well. But then there's also a scene where he, he saves Wayman too with that club shakedown, right? Yeah. So he's, 
he kind of redeems himself in his his homophobia. But I mean, it, it is what it is at the time. And I think people thought homophobia was kind of funny and, oh, you know, it'll get a laugh. But, you know. It, de- it definitely was. It was. I mean, yeah. even just being a, a, a school kid at the time, casual homophobia was so rampant. And yeah. I mean, and I mean, not just like, and I mean, literally like the phobia of it, like the fear of, like there was the, the, the rhetoric of some of my peers, that was how it felt. And I felt, and as, and then by, and then by osmosis, I wasn't, I wasn't, I would never like, I was never spewing that kind of verbal venom, but I kind of felt like, oh, I should fear gay people because, mm-hmm. the, because of the way people talked about them, especially women. So because we were all girls in the girls locker room and stuff. And if you were like suspected, if a gym teacher was suspected of being gay or um, one of the girls were, you were kind of, you know, seen as a pariah, no pun intended from the D Reese movie that, what, that, which was excellent. Right. Um, but yeah, so you're absolutely right. Even on Martin, like there was, I, the, casual homophobia is on there too every now and then because there was a similar very flamboyant character um calling him almond brown and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. martin was there's one episode where he's trying to get away from him and stuff so you're right i mean it was that casual kind of homophobia was was played for as a as a laugh i don't know if that was um I don't even know if, if Corwin Hawkins was even playing a version of himself. Of himself. He might have been. Um, yeah. I'm not 100% sure about that. Yeah, that's my question is like, is that his persona on stage or like what, get, what was his? I would love to see some of his stand up, you know? Yeah, I got to I don't know if it exists on YouTube or not. That's probably something we should probably like look up, you know, to yeah. see. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't want to say yes. I definitely don't want to say no. Um but I wish he was still here to kind of like, yeah, it's it's sad when people like leave us so soon. Mm-hmm. But because you you would want to know more of their story, especially because you know me, I love stand up. Um, I love I love comics so, and comedy. So I would love to like hear him like talk more about him growing up. Um, and also, yeah, it definitely was a different time. So everything is contextualized a whole heck of a lot differently because they have different lived experiences because the time was different. Mm-hmm. Now history continues to repeat itself and i think this is kind of things are important like um these kind of like you know things that seem incredibly offensive today are important to like especially films like the real yeah. like films that clearly the the director has a vibe that he hates women mm-hmm. well let's watch that and then let's because that because that director is a symptom of the broader institutional problem yeah, for and sure. So that and this is why this film exists. So let's unpack that from this particular period and how these ideas of misogyny and sexism still persist. And how yeah, can we yeah. change that? How can we? How can and not? And I don't know if we're going to necessarily change the system, but well, you can change yourself. You can change how you treat others. You can change how you know by just by engaging in conversation. If 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 people so are so inclined with other people, you can kind of like. You can you can be the germ of an idea that may help they may help change the system a little bit you don't know but um, it's when I was talking to my students about us I think a week or two ago it's probably I think about two weeks ago we were in class because we we're talking about how you know how horror is heavily politicized in and of itself because of you know of us as you and me as critics and stuff like that how we interpret these films and take them on and show that they have they're they're telling us these bigger and grander ideas about life and about um, our social and political lives. I brought up us and I didn't even think about the idea that like now us, like if you think about it more deeply, it's, it was interesting to me is 
that you have the tethered and they're all working together for one purpose and one goal. And and all and every single one of the tether are in agreement. And every single tether are doing the same thing and operating on the same wavelength and the same purpose. That makes them incredibly dangerous and mm-hmm. extremely powerful. And mm-hmm. if we translate that idea into like we're all always bitching about the same things, racism, sexism, all these kind all these kinds of things, but we can never agree to have one idea and to be of one mind and one body. And that's why that's why we'll never get anywhere. But you see, the tethered have that one goal, and they're all going to work together. They've all said, "Let this is the plan." We can't do that, so we'll never be as powerful and as dangerous. And mm-hmm. it's, it's you know what I'm saying, like, yeah. and that's is I find that really fascinating. I, I, my, the light the light bulb went off. I'm like, oh my god, yes! If we could all agree. <laughs> on how to change things and work together to do it in a, in a specific way that would make us very powerful and very dangerous, but we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, I don't know. I just, I'm rambling, but, but let's get back on topic, shall we? So um, this is what the movie is about. Um, there's a lot of things going on. Those are, this is, those are the core cast members. So yeah, basically the movie opens with a uh, 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 shame and peaches they're on a on, on a mission to make to make a couple of thousand dollars um for his, his his private investigator business which i think is called if you can't call the cops it's a low down dirty shame private <laughs> investigator so yeah i mean peaches comes out of the bat with the with the one-liners immediately but yeah and also just he's just like you know i'm going to the gun range karate lessons and he's like get your gun range <laughs> karate kicking ass back to the car um and yeah so he's like trying to retrieve some diamonds he has he has his own again this movie is chock full of one-liners and quips that are just i'm sorry they're they're chuckle inducing for me <laughs> i enjoy them all um i can i can um i can recite them all but basically yeah so so such extreme missions where he's like losing money because he's doing damage to property and things like that. So he's like real, yeah, hard, really hard up on money. Uh, Sonny Roth Miller comes in. So basically the Mendoza plot is, yeah, he was undercover or no, not, I guess, I guess it was never fully explained, but basically, which is, which is really a cool plot device. Like you had, you get enough exposition to kind of put the pieces together yourself, but they don't like spoon feed you like the whole backstory. And, and thank God there are no flashbacks. Um, yeah, because he's just looking through like a bunch of uh, news articles about him and the disgrace and his fall from grace and the the whole kind of mess that he created with that uh, Mendoza case. Yeah, exactly. It was perfect. So that was the opening credits. So, um yeah, the mission, uh, the first thing, because he has to find Angela. He has to find uh, Sally Richardson first. We find out Sonny is a mole. They work, I think he was a DAA, a DEA cop, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, and they were a task force. So, Sonny tells him that Angela, what is she like? She disappeared on him or something like that? Yeah, she took off with some money, right? Like, she yeah. disappeared. And so, um, he had to go find her. He wanted Sonny wanted him to go find her or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And she was already, but she had already planned to be a witness against Mendoza, and that was the that was that was kind of that kind of tipped shame off to say, oh, this is a setup because he told me the opposite that she just that he that he was just looking for her, 
mm-hmm. for a particular reason. Ooh, God, I'm, I'm missing minor plot points. So my bad. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so um, so he has to find her and he uses it and he finds her by her perfume. Again, it's one of those like kind of like, you know, nuanced things that helps the plot unravel. So he uses her perfume to lure out because it's it's rare. It can't, you know, you can't just buy it at Macy's. Um, I think only one place in LA sold it. So Pete just has to go shopping. <laughs> oh, I love this. Love the seed. <laughs> ben, not hear you down at the Crenshaw swap meet and get back out my money either. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, so um, you know, she really she she decks herself out. She gets a new outfit and stuff, and then he, you know, she's just she's playing a role. Um, she's she's doing she's um doing the things that he that he couldn't do. Like he's you know she's she's going shopping. Um, she's doing all the things to investigate to help to help him pretty much co-investigate this whole thing so and of course peaches is your around the way girl she has a line for everything uh Mm -hmm. she watches uh soap operas at work when she should be working Mm -hmm. um (laughs) don Don diamant who was brad on y and the y and r and um Felicia from General Hospital. Yes. Uh, was the, the the show was called As the Heart Turns or something? Yes. Yeah, as the- <laughs> I thought it was great because yeah, because a lot of us who know because we know those people because a lot of us watch soaps or our grandmothers or mothers yep. watch soaps, so we know yep. those characters just because of them, or we will watch it sometimes ourselves. So mm-hmm. yeah, I knew exactly who those two people were, and I loved they were able to get them for this uh, for this film. So good. So they could, so that yeah. So and again that. Peaches rem- reminded me so much of like our older, with older women in our families and extended families, like talking about soaps with their girlfriends or whatever. And um, also, funny enough, Kim Waynes plays the voice over the phone. Yeah, so, <laughs> I thought that was cool. And also, I just might interject. I was able to talk about BAPS on another podcast, which. I can't even, I'm still buzzing about, but it just kind of connected to me because in BAPS or they, they connect with the, um, the Butler, the snooty Butler over their stories. And it just made me laugh because it's like, they're like, what happened with that girl? And like, Oh, you you need to tell us what happened. I'm like, it's so good. Just black people, (laughs) black people and their soaps. That's just all I'm going to say. It's Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) It seemed like such a common thing. No matter, no matter what, no matter who you are, as far as your blackness, you had a family member who was so heavily into soap operas. Yep. So, so much so that Peaches encounters uh, Chad from As the Heart Turns and punches him and tells him, you better watch your back. So, <laughs> but that, but that, but it's funny because that's how serious people used to take soap operas. Yep. Yep. And even I hear that today, it's funny. I was listening to a character actor. He, um, his character, um, died on SVU, but like, he would like he would, because he's a, he's a New York guy. He's from he's from Washington Heights, so like he's but he's still in New York. He still lives there, and like he'll be every now and then he'll like a bus driver would be like, "Leave Olivia alone," and he was like, "Dude, it's a character. What are you talking about?" <laughs> like, so this stuff still happens with like TV shows and stuff. People are yeah. crazy, man. In a fun way sometimes and also sometimes in a disturbing way. But yeah. So yeah, Peaches is that character. She's that person. Um, 
eventually he finds Angela. They find out all this stuff. Um, Mendoza is still alive. Um, apparently, yeah, the whole thing was like there was a whole big um, raid in Mexico. A lot of people died. It was traumatizing, especially for Shame, who's now just, you know, on all autopilot. He's just, you know, trying to just pay his bills. He's doing what he knows how to do, which is investigate and shoot guns um and spew out uh witty one-liners so but like you know like sonny rothmiller at least was just like that's he's like you know when's the last time you had a good time when's the last time you went on a date like all this stuff like you you look like crap you know what are you doing this you know this this mission to find angela and to to truly close the case on mendoza is going to be the closure that he really needs to truly move on and that's kind of the, his arc, basically, in in this film. So, I mean, we never, I don't know if we've ever talked about you in these kind of movies, like the kind of like, the kind of action, the kind, not action comedy necessarily, but kind of like these action um, packed kind of movies. Like, are you, is this a genre that you like? How do you engage with it yourself? Yada, feel, yada. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like they're great popcorn movies. Like they're, you know, something that you don't want anything too heavy but you just want to sit and watch some action. I, I like action. I like action movies. Like what was that one with Nicolas Cage where he uh, like face off or, mm-hmm. you know, those, those kind of blockbustery type movies. And I feel like a low down dirty shame wanted to kind of be like that. And also black exploitation film. And I, I thought, it, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. I mean, it, it's not perfect, but I think that because it kind of has a lot of heart and, you know, the relationship between peaches and shame and the fact that he is like this disgraced police officer who's trying to redeem himself. Um, I kind of did like that storyline, you know, it was, it was good. And, and I really enjoyed like the, the, the big finale when they're in the mall and peaches <laughs> is trying to prove herself and, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. There's sometimes you just need a, a fun action film, you know? I do like the cop movies. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to like them too when I get when I get around to watching them, especially with people who are into them more than me. Mm. Um yeah, every now and then, yeah, cuz honestly, like I have in the past have watched movies. If there's a ca- actor I like love, I'll like I'll watch anything that they're in. So, that's what usually and also I I had like, you know, older adults in my life growing up who really loved action movies of all caliber my mother included so yeah I was pretty much watching them watching those with them more times than not um but yeah you love that mall scene we're, we're jumping ahead uh, but like yeah. we'll jump, I guess we'll jump around a lot but the mall scene's really funny because again it does I guess I don't know if I could speak about the technical terms of idea of 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 um of certain aspects of filmmaking but I love but I love kind of the callbacks I love like when you know after his interaction with Wayman and they're all at the breakfast table because he had this he stayed with Peaches one night. Um mm. so she reads those you remember like Star magazine and those yes. like, the National Enquirer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that you would see like when you were like checking out at the um at, at the, the grocery market. Yeah. yeah. So and she reads those and she's all like, if you sing James Brown songs to dogs, they won't attack. <laughs> and so in the mall uh, Roth Miller goes sending the dogs and then he's running from them and then he thinks about it and he's like say it loud I'm black and I'm brown <laughs> and the dogs are so cute they're just sitting there like huh <laughs> yeah they are adorable they are so adorable and then they do they like they stop barking at him and they sit down 
And then when he's, ooh, ooh, and then the dogs do it too. <laughs> it's so funny. And then even like when he's saying, he's like, Peaches, I love you. Like, you know, <laughs> um, I, like, I like, yeah, it's just all those little things too. Like he has that, like that, um, he, he, there's another component to his character. Like he doesn't like dogs and he's not, he doesn't even like dogs, but he's also afraid of them. And mm-hmm. that comes into play. And so that's, that was a funny part too. So. But yeah, I I agree. I can totally see what you mean by Die Hard with the with the mall scene, and mm. he play he 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 does that role that a lot of white male characters get to play. He plays that impossible like action hero where like yeah. he doesn't get a scratch or a dent and is able to take out like a whole task force basically, which I I love to see a black character be able to do as well. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean. I also like the the romance that's kind of brewing between them. Like he's. I mean, I think he sees it, but then he doesn't. And she's like, hello, I'm cute. I'm down here. He, I mean, he does look at her booty and I have to say, like, (laughs) she has a good booty. Like, come on. (laughs) How can that tiny little woman have such a good booty? That's all I'm going to ask. I don't know. Anyway. Because she's black. Yeah. I I, I hate to say it to be so blunt and so frank. It's it's true. But yeah, like she's so cute and, and she's so like fierce and he's just kind of like this dopey guy who's in love with the obvious woman like the obvious femme fatale and she's gonna like draw him in but then he's got like this woman who stands by his side even though he can't even like pay his rent um for that bizarre office slash studio apartment that he has I'm like (laughs) Who decorated that? But that's just to decide. <laughs> I guess it was peak nineties. I don't know. Anyway, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like that um, she's there by his side, and she want she wants to be so involved in his life, and he's just like, oh yeah, there's Angela, and I used to love her, and I, you know, uh, he just kind of gets drawn into that typical web, where you know, it's just, it's an interesting like tr- love triangle there. Is this who you got all dressed up for? You got all dressed up for her? When I got yeah. it, when I your raggedy ass every day, and then Pocahontas come in here for five minutes, and you want to get all snazzy. <laughs> what? That's, and that's, that's kind of encompasses Peaches' frustration. I totally agree with you. I think, again, when Sonny kind of like laid him out, and he was like, what are you, my fucking therapist now? It's, that's, that's exactly what it means. He was shutting himself off for any kind of like, you know, real deep meaningful relationship with people because of what happened with Mendoza in Mexico and so yeah Peaches is right there and she's a good person to kind of like you know kind of nudge him a little bit she's like you know can't you allow yourself to feel anything like that's she's really you know she's being very upfront and direct about it about Mm -hmm. her feelings but also about um himself she also doesn't want to push this situation either she doesn't want to come off as predatory or anything like that but she's also making herself very aggressively in a, in a really tasteful way because this is this that's who peaches is that's who that's who she is she's making it known that she is very interested mm-hmm. um and of course it comes around in the end of course and again and also yeah, you're right the way she's involved but she's but she i think she's also involved because she loves this business too like she loves this work like she's like yeah i'm at the gun range yeah i'm taking my karate lessons like does she she wants to be in this business too mm-hmm. she really she really likes the idea of investig investigating and also just kicking some butt like i think she likes all of it which is why in the mall like she was like hiding out in the baby store yeah that was <laughs> and, really ridiculous yeah 
<laughs> she was she was there because she knew Shane was going to need help, especially when Angela comes in and almost and almost kills him because she because Angela takes out Mendoza because she she wants that money, she wants that twenty million dollars in drug money. She mm. wants to go and take it and leave, and so and she knew Shane would never let her have the money, and she's all about and she has her own trauma too. She said that she had been on her own since she was what thirteen or fourteen. Mm-hmm. some some real tender age so and i really think she meant it like she's been a, she's been a person who's always had to look out for herself and she's never had anyone to look out for her so she has some abandonment issues like if he's not putting her first in a selfish way then that she takes it as severe rejection and she will kill for it and she almost did and she you know was on that on that brink so and that's not of course i'm not to excuse her behavior because she is kind of like she's played she's definitely played as the villain but I love how Keenan kind of drew her as well. She has her own kind of like layers of, you know, trauma and abandonment issues. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's important to note. Yeah. I think that's true too. She's, she's not just the kind of, you know, shady villain, um, you know, that, that she kind of appears to be, she, she does have that background. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that works good, and I love the fight between her and Peaches at the end. You knew that you knew that was coming. Yeah, because when she, because when Shame finds her, takes her to Peaches's house, where she thinks she'd be safe. Um, of course, I've realized this years ago, but you know they're sitting there, they're watching the Jeffersons, <laughs> <laughs> and Peaches is being Peaches, talking to the TV and everything, clapping her hands. I still clap my hands sometimes like that. Sometimes too, when I'm feeling silly. Yeah. Um, and I'm in a good mood so you know she's just like she just wants to she wants to rile peaches up because she she's trying to find a way to get out of the apartment because she wants to go get that money mm. so before before anyone else knows you know what she, what she's doing she's trying to be Angela is always trying to be a step ahead of all the men you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which I kind of respect, honestly. So, but she rouses her up. She's just like, you just, you're just so upset that Shame is still so in love with me. And Peaches totally bites the bait, right? Mm. <laughs> yep. Um, and so, and she's been, so she had been wanting to fight her since that incident. So they finally get that final fight in the end, where she gets a few punches. Angela gets a few punches in, and then Jada pretty much ends it. Of course, this yeah. is a this is a movie with a relatively happy ending, right? Um, with this so, crazy move, like she flips her over or something. Mm-hmm. Like this. <laughs> she takes her hair and goes, "That's right, bitch!" And then like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like body uh, slams her with her hair. I think I those are real it. hair too. Yeah, uh, I tell you, that was a good scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, peaches. That that scene makes me go, man. I gotta take some karate lessons myself, yeah. <laughs> or some sort of combat lessons, because I want to be able to do that. Yeah, and I'm 39 oh. now. I'm gonna need to stretch a whole lot before I do any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, a lot of stretching. Gotta limber up. Yeah, <sighs> for real. So, but yeah, um, even so, yeah, that that's pretty much like the movie. That's the whole vibe of it. It's a whole caper with all of these like you know i think shame has a really good arc like i said and i think all the characters are especially the main characters are pretty drawn pretty um with some some really solid layers even though of course there's a lot of caricaturization in the movie mm-hmm. um i think again we talked about wayman a little bit even wayman again you see you see more of him in the movie he's not just he's not just a flamboyant gay butt of the joke honestly like you see even the little stuff too like 
you know what's funny? And I'm, I am going to bring this up. And this is not an excuse for anything. I'm just, this is me just making an observation. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my closest friends growing up um, did come out as gay, very, very young as a teenager. And so he was, again, we're both, he's 82, I'm 83. Mm-hmm. Um, so we come from a different particular time. Also, he constantly was searching for community. Like I would go to gay pride with him every, every, every June here and everything. Like he was all, he loved any, any kind of community that he could find. He was, he was for, and I will never forget when I, again, I was watching this on TV in my house. He was, I think he was there with me and we're watching in a low down dirty shame, the part where, um, shame is trying to find Angela. Funny enough, when he, we, we first see Angela and she goes into the women's spa, Mm-hmm. I think I know she I think she does that because she knows she's being followed. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's the why she did that. So she goes in and Wayman works there and you know his um I believe his boyfriend comes. I think that yeah, I'm pretty sure that was his boyfriend. So his boyfriend comes, boyfriend's a white white dude comes and then you know Shame does the whole he he puts on the he puts on the stereotypical quote unquote gay persona, right? Mm-hmm. For for lack of a better term. And he does this whole spiel because he's trying to get Wayman to look for Angela. So if he could like convince his boyfriend that they had been intimate, then his boyfriend would reject would reject him and like I'm we're not going to lunch now. Forget you. Mm-hmm. And so that's that was really successful. But when he says, "Save your tears, honey. Coffee is good with cream, but better when it's black." <laughs> and Wayman's face, my my friend Chris, he lost his mind he thought that was the funniest thing ever he loved that scene so i don't know i don't know how people in the the 2021 context would take that but for chris at that moment loved that for him as a gay man he just loved the comedy of it he loved everything about that (laughs) for him that was that felt that felt good i you know i was gonna mention too that I liked liked seeing that Wayman had a boyfriend and like they were out in a club and they were dancing. Yes. And they were just doing their thing in a club. And I thought that was actually really good. I thought, but I'm just this old straight woman. So, you know, I don't know if my opinion matters. It really doesn't in a way, but I just, I uh, applauded that in a way because I'm like, oh my God, they're out and they're as a couple. And then when Wayman thinks he gets shot, I mean, they're totally playing him for laughs. And then his boyfriend rates his performance. <laughs> so ridiculous. It is funny. And he's also got his, he's also got his other community there too. It's not just his yes. boyfriend. He's dancing with his friends too. And they're having a yes. good time. Like it's a little ca- capsule of acceptance, which I, I really, because this is the height of, you know, the AIDS epidemic and people not knowing exactly what AIDS was and what Mm -hmm. it was doing. I mean, there was a lot of celebrities behind it. And I'm not sure if maybe this was um, Keenan Wayne's way of saying, well, this, you know, the gay community is part of my community too. I don't know if he was doing that, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it's, it's somewhat commendable that he had a gay character in it i mean also there is the latino stereotypes of the latino criminals and blah 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 but because andrew divoff isn't even is he not is he just a white dude (laughs) he's from venezuela i think he's oh okay 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 i think he's he actually does he's you know yeah he's venezuelan um and yeah i i sorry i just have to say again i love that guy oh my god anyway (laughs) 
But yeah, I mean, there's that also that stereo. So, you know, in a larger sense, sometimes a, a comedy is going to pull on that broad experience. It does, yeah. To pull on those laughs. So, I mean, there is kind of that formula, which is not great. But again, it's 94. What are you going to do? You know, and I... I coming back i was just talking to my boyfriend and he's like does everything go back to baps and i'm like yes anyway <laughs> just talking to him about baps because that's in my wheelhouse um you know a lot of people pan that movie too because they're like it's offensive it's blackface and it's like no it's not Calm i didn't down. think it was offensive at all no no i didn't get that vibe at all it's just a silly movie it's silly it's fun you know, and That's this so- movie is this comedy. It's an, a comedy action film. You know, I don't know. I'm not and excusing honestly, anything, but yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're absolutely right. Because and honestly, we gotta. You, you, some things that are offensive are just funny. Like yeah. I, I don't know how to. I don't know how else to put it right now. Like, no, no piece of art is perfect. No piece of art is going to completely, you know pass the test for everyone some things are just some things are, are labeled offensive sometimes they they are what they are for <laughs> like mm. i don't and yeah and again you're right i mean the flamboyancy was played for laughs it it does draw you can argue that it perhaps draws queer people and one broad brush stroke but again one mm. movie is not going to be one thing for everybody no um and that, i'm not not, I'm not making an excuse, but I am just kind of like laying that out there as a kind of like food for thought idea because it's especially a movie that is not centered around queerness. No. And also, yeah. yeah and again, we're talking 1994. We're talking about a heterosexual man who wrote this role. You also have to put in context of like, you know, think about, you know, the way queer people were drawn on a living color or queer characters. Yes. Everything was men on film. Like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's still funny. But it also, I think that was the only representation of a queer, of like what queerness was mm-hmm. in 1990. Like, you know, so you're playing, you're, you're talking about questionable slash problematic approaches to queerness by um, Keenan Ivy Waynes and company during a particular period of time or whatever. It's really, yeah, I mean, it's all about historical contextualization, whether it be mm-hmm. right, wrong, or indifferent. It's just about the learning curves and how far we have hopefully come not, uh, yeah. probably not far enough. Who knows? I don't know. That, that's what but, I was going to point out too. Like, you know, it, it it's kind of hard to discuss older films because of that, because yeah. of the, the experiences at that time. And, uh, and now it's documented on film. It's like, it's out there. So, you know, I, I think it's important to acknowledge that eh, today that wouldn't really work. But this is what they were doing then, you know. I mean, or the approach, yeah, the approach would be more thoughtful, yes, and more sensitive and more inclusive mm-hmm. too. You, you, yes. You're bringing in queer voices probably nowadays, where, and where back in the day, people felt entitled to like write and do whatever they w- wanted to do. Yeah. Um, again, with like limited to no experience with you know those particular folks or community. So mm-hmm. again, yeah, you're right. Like Wayman wasn't just the comic foil like especially when he did you do you do get that extra like club scene with him like Mm -hmm. that that brings a little bit more to it you can't just toss it away as just him completely being one note 
mm-hmm. in a sense because you're right because you do see him with his boyfriend in two scenes and then you do see him with his friends out clubbing um and again not to harp on the stereotype that all gay people all they do is club and go out dancing but mm. you know and also just and wayman having a job too Yes. And, and and putting out there, like, you know, I think it I think it was alluded to that he was also um a drag queen. But he mm-hmm. was like, That is my hobby. This pays the bills. Like, you know, he mm-hmm. like that wasn't it was important to know too. Like just, you know, just working. He's a you full know? character. He actually is a full character. I mean, when you, you look I at think it. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's her roommate. Um, it's just her roommate, her friend. So I yeah. I hope that's sufficient as far as we, as far as us talking about it. Um, I don't know. Like I would love to like bring up, there are just some funny, just, just scenes and moments that are a part of pushing the plot forward, but also just funny kind of like one-offs like Mm -hmm. um, Chris Spencer. So he plays Benny. He plays the, um, the uniformed cop that he goes at clearly like he's constantly like hooking him up with like, you know, stuff at, at, at the police, at the police station mm-hmm. where he can't access it anymore. Cause he's not a cop, but, <laughs> and, and Chris Spencer, he, I think he was like a, a host. Like, I think he was like a, um, a talk, like a, a talk show host and a personality in the nineties. Um, I don't know if he was a, a, a comic or not. I want to say he was, but I'm not sure, but his character was funny too. Cause they're talking. He's just like, you know, hell no man. Cause he wants to, he wants to, he wants to get a police file and shame is, you know, shame is constantly trying to like, you know, hooking him up with stuff and he hooked him up with a girl and it was, it was that was a funny scene. I'm not going to, I'm not going to relay it, but yeah, um, <laughs> I thought it was funny, but, uh, yeah, so there's also Luis, uh, who's Mendoza's cousin. Like, I thought that was him. He was funny. He was constantly getting jacked up. Like, yes. Like, they, he, he was in charge of, he was in charge of, like, getting Angela, like, the part where they were able to get out of um, Angela's, um, I guess, her apartment, her, her, her apartment complex. And they stole the, they stole the um, stuff from, like, the guy with the prostitute. I, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so but then like they get in the to police chase and louise gets all be, um banged up in a, in a um in a car accident and then louise comes back with all these bandages and stuff like so like when shame like goes from like bummy to like classy where he puts on like the the shaft kind of like you know suit on with his gun and his um, right. and his black sunglasses and the car we never saw that he had a new car so we're, did he rent the car he had to have rented the car because it wasn't his car in the beginning of the movie this the black the black car that he gets that's all oh, shiny yeah, I, can't, new. I can't remember yeah i think he probably when he just you know redoes himself up he gets that car and then the white supremacist rally with the oh that <laughs> he purposely <laughs> took him to that warehouse because he knew that was gonna happen <laughs> oh my god so oh, that ridiculous. was so funny, and because and that that's that's what that's when we talk about twirling mustache racism. That's what twirling mustache racism looks like on screen. Like yeah. the whole this is the land of the white man, and you want to also say it with them because it sounds so ludicrous. Um, <laughs> and they're chanting white power, and then Louise pops in, <laughs> and they chase him down, and then he's he's out he's out in the car. Shame is um because shame is trying to like get him like you know where's Mendoza. Louise wouldn't tell him. Finally gets him to crack by doing this. It's so funny. And then he's just like, so he's in the car. He's like, Louise, come on, stop. You don't look too good, buddy. <laughs> it's like, shame, you crazy motherfucker. Pull over. 
chased by the neo-nazis and then and then he's like he's like you know relax i know how to handle these people hey louise over here says the white man can kiss his ass so and then he just like gets like beat up by the mob i'm so glad like i'm so i really do like that louise doesn't get killed he just gets banged up a whole lot yeah (laughs) because then the dogs kind of like take him out too they do yeah yeah so oh i God. i so i like that kind of consistency where you have the one character who's really the butt of the joke <laughs> by just be just getting banged up constantly so that's yeah it's a it's a pure kind of 90s comedy through and through in that way and yeah you are right we're dealing with like the the latinx like stereotype of like oh they're all drug lords and criminals yeah and stuff like that yeah so we got to deal with that too because because that, that's not andrew divoff's real accent is it i don't know i know i don't i don't know if he really has an act well he had an accent in wishmaster so mm-hmm. but i don't know if he was exaggerating that either i don't know i mean he's probably been in the states long enough that he you know doesn't have to put on that affectation i guess i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah but he does play a good bad guy, though. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he good. does. I think he's just a good character actor. Because I love when Roth Miller comes in. Because after they after they couldn't retrieve Angela, he comes in. First of all, Roth Miller's got a lot of ego issues, right? Yes. Like yeah. that character is just completely unhinged. And so, like, because no person when their right mind is going to come into a drug lord's <laughs> house yes. screaming about immigration. And then screaming about, I'm Sonny Roth Miller. You don't know who the F I am. And then talking about, I'll, I'll name, you know, names, places. I'll take y'all all out. Like, that is just not smart. No. <laughs> and I don't care who you are. That is not smart. Especially, you're right, because Andrew Divoff plays a great, I think that was probably his best scene in the movie. One of his best scenes. Where he comes in and he, like, he takes his knife. He's like, mm-hmm. you're a guest in my house. Show me some fucking respect. And I'm just like, he was, like, real stone cold in that scene. I really appreciate that. I, I always love that um, that scene and that performance because he really took Roth Miller down a notch, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I thought that I thought that was cool. He, you're right. You can't help it sometimes. And it's also what I've learned about um, character actors. I've you know hearing them talk. I love you know I love hearing people talk. Um, I don't like talking. I love hearing other people talk. But I love how character actors talk about how like it's so much more fun playing a bad guy. It just mm-hmm. is. A yeah. lot of them say that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd love to play like a villain, you know, I'd love to do that. It's just, it just looks like it's a lot of fun and you just get to do like bad stuff, but not actually hurt someone. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's, he's, he's one of my favorite actors out there for like within the horror genre. Oh, and Charles S. Dutton, he's, he's, sorry, I'm so Canadian. (laughs) Oh, a um, he did. He was in Aliens Three. He was in Mimic. So he's a horror guy too. So I just want to shout out. Did I say that already? I can't remember. No, you didn't. Also, Gothica. Uh, I think wasn't he in Predator Two as well? Yeah, I think. yeah. I loved Gothica. By the way, we're totally off track, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's all anyway. good. No, it, yeah. it, totally. I, there's some their style acting in this movie all around. Like mm-hmm. everyone was, everyone played their role and did it in a convincing way did it in a fun way um also kim waynes makes an appearance yep when she wins <laughs> she plays a shop uh, assistant and he he has to get um shame has to get her out of the store 
So he pretends to be a radio uh, host and she that calls her and she's won some money. So she goes running out of the store and I just, <laughs> she's so good. I love her. I've always loved her. It's uh, she's one of my favorites on in living color. So yeah, she's, mm-hmm. yeah. It's funny because she plays like, she totally is playing her role, right? She's totally about that. Dubois double consciousness life right where she's in a Beverly Hills boutique shop and Mm -hmm. she's all sophisticated and I'm Diane and you know feel the leather like all that kind of stuff right so you know she's she's being the saleswoman that she is but as soon as she won that money she (laughs) went completely Negritian it was the funniest (laughs) thing ever um so she the one she played the lady is like hey hey Miss Sally hey I wanted to gossip. Oh, is she <laughs> yeah. the one that played? I love that character. <laughs> I don't remember the. Yeah, I didn't want to gossip, but you ain't heard that from me. Yeah, but she yeah. played, uh, I think it was Benita Patrell. I think that was the name of the character. Okay. <laughs> not, somebody, nobody better not say nothing bad about Miss Jenkins. Every yeah. skit is nobody better not say nothing bad about Miss Jenkins. Yep. And if she would say something bad about Miss Jenkins, yeah. <laughs> I want to gossip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh, I yeah, love it. She, yeah i mean that whole yeah i mean it's it, like i've heard it said before the whole uh family especially the this bevy of siblings they're all very talented in very different ways um mm-hmm. but they all have a comedic timing that is really admirable and has made has been incredibly entertaining yeah and yeah i mean the film ends i mean angela gets arrested uh Louise is out in a stretcher. <laughs> he's, he's even more banged up than he was before. Well deserved. Um, he needed some medical attention, that poor man. <laughs> yeah. So Sonny gets killed by Angela. Like, you know, Mendoza's dead. Like, you know, all the big players are pretty much done. And Shame kisses Peaches. He finally allows himself. I'm like, let me give this a try. Mm-hmm. And she's happy. And she's comparing her their whole caper to Luke and Laura in General Hospital, of course, as you as you would do in 1994. Of course, yep. Because yeah. Luke and Laura did some things. Let me tell you, okay, yeah. they did some things and then some. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, the good old days. Yep. Like I'm, su- um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised even soaps are some st- soaps are still on air. Most of them got canceled, obviously, because they just they've they've. They've done their run. This is a whole new era. This is streaming. This is... Listen, my sister is a general hospital stan. Fun fact about my sister. She is a general hospital stan. And Laura has returned. Um, Sunny, Sunny Corinthos is still on that show. I cannot believe that. He is still on that show. He still looks the same. I don't know how that man looks so good. And every time, because he's always arguing about um, or defending his family my family and so whenever he says family or he talks about family my sister will yell he said family and i have to go running in and see what the situation is. it's usually (laughs) one of three plots like i think recently he lost his memory he ended up in another town and then he one of his many ex-wives oh i think he was married to someone and then they thought he was dead so she ended up marrying his best friend and then he returns (laughs) Oh my goodness. What? Um, Carly is back on that show. And there was an actress who played Carly originally, but she came back on the show as somebody else. It's insane. Um, 
Anna and Scorpio, they're still on the show. It's like General Hospital is insane and it's still on TV. The end. <laughs> yeah. But that's a well, good reference. A good reference for peaches. Yeah. That yeah, because that that is to definitely say there's definitely some peaches. Some peaches is still in existence. Um, if you're black, you definitely know a peaches. Yeah, we all know a peaches, and that peaches yes. is still watching General Hospital in 2021. <laughs> that show should have been canceled 20 years ago, but here we are. <laughs> it's still kicking. Yep, I still I still, I love General Hospital. I watched it. I watched it in 1994 quite a bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, soaps have kind of run their course, but they're still out there and. Yeah, this a low, a low down dirty shame is very much is so much of a '90s movie for that. Even down to with the new Jack Swing soundtrack, both the score and which you could find with the various artists. That is such a new Jack Swing movie. It's not. Yeah. It's cool though. I love it. They, yeah, they was, the old school shame song with a newer version. I love it. Yeah, I love Ellen Champagne King. By the way, love her. Um, she was kind of, I, I actually discovered her when I used to go partying, like, um, you know, warehouse parties and like, we'd break into warehouses and just, you know, drop, drop the tunes. And, um, I had a friend who was a DJ and he would play a lot of really good, like seventies and eighties, um, soul and disco. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I fell in love with her from those days. So I was, it's just nice to hear that music and the soundtrack is really great actually for this, this movie. So yeah, it definitely is. They even play um, one of Aaliyah's songs. um, That thing I like It's hard because like, it's that whole shadow of her earlier work because R. Kelly did write that song. He does do a rap on that particular song. And I like that song too. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, there's a, there's a lot of um, good stuff music wise. Like if you're into this kind of music, this is the perfect movie for that, obviously. But yeah, I mean, don't take a low down dirty shame too too seriously. Just have fun with it. It's a fun movie, and it's and it's funny. It's 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 that goofy kind of humor, but it's also, but I also think it's kind of like the fun kind of humor too. Like and even in the beginning, where like he pops out of the um, out of the uh. Uh, the cleaner carrier for like uh, uh oh yes for housekeeping and he's just like yeah. <laughs> oh I, I called the hike hot hot i called the psychic hotline today and the lady with the wide nostrils told me that i could find wealth and happiness here i'll be damned she was right like it's like lines like that when he's like got two guns in his hand to two to two very dangerous criminals who are trying to do an exchange of diamonds and money because he's on a mission or whatever it's just i don't know like like it's it's humor like that <laughs> that's told that said so deadpan and so matter of fact yeah but yeah i mean it's not rocket science it's just some silly you know action crime fun you know yeah i chose this movie because carolyn said it was my time is my turn because it was my birthday month and I didn't know what to pick, so I wanted to pick something fun and something that I, again, I like talking about movies. I mostly, it helps to, helps me some, sometimes to talk about movies that I've seen a lot and that have, like, been out for a very, very long time because you get, you got, you have more to kind of, like, marinate on and talk about because this is a movie that you've been thinking about for decades on end. And so sometimes it helps me talk about things a little bit better. Not always, of course, like sometimes I can rise to the occasion with a new movie, but older movies are fun too. And it's Mm -hmm. also fun to do that 
1994 versus 2021 kind of a thing fill in the blank year on like see you know does it does it hold up what are what's different now all those kinds of things I think is important especially for a film like this Mm -hmm. yeah I think that it's I think it was a great choice and and it's it was really interesting to kind of dig into it and excavate the things that we we talked about you know because yeah things change and sometimes things don't hold up but this one overall, I think, is, is a generally fun movie that, you know, it really, you can't really take it too seriously. So, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And clearly the critics didn't. <laughs> oh, my God. They were not they were not nice about it. But they did mention um, Jada Pinkett and how great she was. So if you're going to watch it, watch it for peaches. I'm a peaches stan. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's I, that's exactly how you have to look at. I hate, critics sometimes just don't know how to be fun. Just ugh. yeah, take these things way too seriously. It's a movie. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, movies are all those different things too. You can you can be serious about things, but you can also but a movie that is clearly just trying to be fun and just not taking itself too seriously. That's that's the measure you you critique it from. Mm-hmm. You don't critique, like, like not to bring this up, but to bring this up. Like a film, because we're about to wrap up. Like a film like Karen. A film like Karen <laughs> wanted to take itself seriously. You can't take that, you can't seriously take that movie seriously. Oh, I commend you for actually putting your eyeballs on that because I'm just Listen, like, nope, nope. <laughs> I wanted to watch that movie because I wanted the full, first of all, shout out to Black on Black Cinema. It's one of my favorite podcasts out there. I wanted their full experience of listening to them <laughs> trash that movie by having the context of knowing exactly what they're talking about because I watched it too and they did not disappoint. So shout out to Tiara, Michael, and Jay. <laughs> Micah, I mean. <laughs> so I, I, that's why I watched it. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, A Low Down Under Shame was not that movie. Just, just as a compare and contrast. So no. yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a really good uh, note to end on, right? Absolutely. <laughs> like you, you watch you watch Karen for some serious amusement. Like you, like you can't, because <laughs> you just you can't believe that that that, that director thought that that was he was making some serious art. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I feel almost feel bad for him. But yes, so um, this has been the episode. I hope everyone has a nice holiday and however you celebrate, even if it's just time off from work, that is a celebration in and of itself. If you are privileged enough to have that time off, um, shout out to all of the people who have to work with the public, (laughs) especially during this time of year. My heart goes out to you. And they have to hear the Mariah Carey Christmas song 18,000 times. I'm going on record again by saying I hate that song. but I hate it. So, yeah. um, Yeah, that's it for me. Um, I'm Ashley Takes Note on Twitter. Nowhere else. Oh, I mean, um, I'll have some news about Graveyard Graveyard Shift Sisters, hopefully, in the early new year. Uh, 
I'm hoping to get some fun and exciting things rolling for it to expand a little bit more to kind of like even keep it up to date a little bit more to get back into it. Hopefully that will happen. Um, so, but some good things are happening. Some concrete things have happened where that hope, hopefully can be a strong possibility. Um, and I really appreciate everyone who listens, who've been like supportive of the website, who have noted it as a resource. I really appreciate y'all. Um, again, I didn't do this. I didn't start anything I do for anything that I have now for nothing. I did it because I loved it. And I did it because I was mad that black women were being <laughs> rendered invisible in the genre. And, you know, I've, I've heard from people who are, you know, have some clout in academia, how much my work has influenced a lot of people. And, and it's not even just not my work necessarily. I'm just doing the whole academic thing too. It's all about sharing information. So I'm really happy to hear that. So thankful. Thank you guys. Yay. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I just have to say I'm so proud of you. And I'm happy that, you know, there's going to be some new things coming for Graveyard Shift Sisters. Very happy about that. Um, and me, I am at VFD Pixie on Twitter. And I think I will have some things coming up in the new year. Um, and I'm getting a new hip. So Yay. <laughs> no joke, I'm actually getting a new hip. So yeah. Um, bionic woman i'm gonna be bionic actually that was one of my favorite shows so hopefully <laughs> i will be able to you know at least you know walk to the corner store without pain <laughs> but yeah so yeah i will have a few few new things coming up too so hopefully you'll hear that um yeah next year so and and happy holidays and restful times for people and um co-sign with people who are working because i used to work retail and it sucks during the holidays so <laughs> all right till next year y'all peace